And we are live. JT here. Welcome to The Huddle. The Huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I want to take a moment to thank you, whether you are watching with us on YouTube or on Facebook, or whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And here's my reminder to you. The mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's wide open. So my challenge to you is to go all in on this conversation, to remove any distractions and get laser focus on the here and the now. And I guarantee you, you will gain a valuable nugget of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly, in the game of life. I've been looking forward to my conversation with my special guest today. Uh, we connected a few weeks back and it was interesting when I saw the name, I, I asked him a question about, uh, you know, our past. And it was interesting that a few years ago, we'll say, despite our, our youthful looking appearance, our, our lives actually did interconnect. Uh, my guest in the huddle today is currently serving as the chief operating officer for Atavis. Uh, my guest in the huddle today is Carrie Carter. How are you today, brother? Excellent, man. Thanks for having me, JT. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Should be a fun conversation. Absolutely, brother. And uh, before we get kicked off, pun intended, I just want to take a moment to count my blessings. And for me, this is a daily practice. Uh, some days I do it better than others, but I do find the days I'm most consistent counting my blessings. I, I find that the days just feel a little bit lighter. Life seems a little bit more fun and enjoyable. Um, I'm a big believer that coming, uh, the biggest blessing you can give anyone is your time and energy. So I just want to thank you again for blessing me with some of your time and energy today, brother. Um, anytime, man. No, I, I appreciate it. And like you said, I think anytime you get to kind of reconnect, you know, with someone from the past and kind of see and hear people's journeys on how they got to where they are now. I mean, yeah. it's, it's always a, you know, an interesting conversation and I really do appreciate that taking time to you know stop and count your blessings I'm a, I'm a big you know believer in, in meditation and finding stillness and being intentional and so it's definitely a practice that I, I you know continually working on as well so yeah I, I appreciate you know your time and the platform that you put together for for folks like myself to share our stories I think that's it's pretty important um you know, to share and give back too, right? And kind of inspire that, that next generation. Absolutely, brother. Um, so so I'm curious, one of the things I like to remind myself or, or for anyone I work with is this idea that life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. I had a, a coaching colleague and a great friend that used to remind me that we all have our quirks. We all have these things that make us unique and different. So just celebrate them. So I'm curious, is there an interesting fact about you that maybe a lot of people don't know about that you'd be open to, to sharing with our community today. I always keep a, a little fun fact in, in, you know, in my pocket. Um, 
Fun fact, I would say, so I, I don't know if most people know this, but I did make my uh, motion picture debut in a very interesting um, movie back in the day, a uh, little film with a guy by the name of uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, uh, Mr. Robin Williams as well, uh, called Goodwill Hunting. So I don't know if uh, a lot of people know that movie, obviously, you know, went on to do really well. Uh, but that was like uh, one of my first movies that I was an extra in. And so, I'm, I'm, you know, it's funny looking back on it now, but it's the how about them apple scene where he meets uh, Mini Driver in the bar. Um, so, yeah, next time you watch it. So as they walk into the bar, you'll see, a, you know, smooth face. Um, uh, much younger version of myself wearing a Boston Red Sox uh, t-shirt and I'm in about three scenes uh, in, in that movie so yeah that's just a little fun fact for you <laughs> nice well one great movie right and it's again for anyone that hasn't seen it uh, great movie a classic and it's interesting that that's one of those classic lines that anyone who's seen it yeah I'm sure that they, they remember that line being kind of one of those memorable ones that jump that jumps to the top yep, of mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean I, I had no idea at the time. I didn't know much about the guys that were doing it or, you know, I knew who Robin Williams was, but um yeah, so it's just an interesting uh experience and and fun. You know, they shoot so many movies in Toronto that uh you know getting out and being in a few of them was uh, kind of a fun, exciting thing to do at that time. Yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm curious, you know, you you know, have had this very decorated career in sport, right? You were first a high quality athlete, and then you transitioned to playing at, at the highest level. Uh, so I'm curious, sport has obviously played an important role for you in your life. Um, yeah. What would you say has been a lesson that you have taken from sport? Again, I know there's many Mm -hmm. that you find you still apply that a lesson to other areas of your life maybe it's relationships it's business yeah. it's just yeah w what's that one lesson for you yeah I think there's there's a, a few but the one that kind of I go back to um more and more you know as I go through my career it's this this idea and this ability to not get too high or too low you know, I'm already kind of a, I'm, I'm a laid back guy, island guy, you know, Trinidad, um, you know, so there's, there's a little bit of that just laid back, laid back attitude in my nature. But I think um, as you go through tough situations, it's really easy to get really embedded in it. And like, if it's a tough one and you're, you know, sinking you down or if it's a great one and, and lifting you up, um, either way, I think being able to stay balanced through those things, I think that's one of the big things we learned in football and the coach is kind of uh, always um, impressed on us, no matter what's happening on the field, this too shall pass, right? Like, man, we just made a great play, you know, scored a touchdown, you celebrate it, but hey, we gotta be ready for what's next. And even if we went in and we turned the ball over or fumble or whatever it is, um, you know, also don't get too low because you gotta come back and do it again. And so I think that's one of the great lessons that has stuck with me from, you know, in my transition from football into the business world mm -hmm. is this idea of kind of, it's not, you know, on some level, it's stoicism, you know, but uh, stoicism sometimes gets uh, greeted with the the idea that there's no emotion involved in it. And you're just mm -hmm. like, you know, cold and frigid. It's not that. I think it's just a, this idea of understanding that, you know, it, it good or bad, these moments will pass and you have to be ready to take on what's next. So, mm. I love that. Um, and, and why that resonates with me is this idea between like 
facts and stories, right? Like it's really mm -hmm. easy sometimes to create stories and, and make things, I guess, quote unquote, bigger than they are. But when you just stick to facts, you're able to sort of be a little bit more neutral. And it's interesting. I had this flashback. I still remember uh, when, you know, we first sort of crossed paths. I remember it was junior Metro Bowl days back in the day. And I remember walking past you guys as you were coming in after we played Michael Power. And I just remember walking past you and like, was just like laser focused. Like there was no, like it was just very neutral. Like, so I guess I'm curious, is that something that you've always understood? Like, I know you said based on your, your upbringing, your lived experience, it's something that's embedded culturally. Is, is it something that you've always been able to do and really understood? I think it's it's a little bit of both, right? It's a little bit of nature, a little bit of nurture as well. Um, talking to my mom, you know, obviously I, I have kids now, two two girls. And so, you know, I, I feel like I learned a lot more about my past and growing up now that I have kids talking to my mom about different stories and things that you just wouldn't remember uh, necessarily. And one of those things, uh, sorry about the noise here. It's okay. Uh, one of those things is, um, uh sorry i just got distracted by that um ask, ask me the question one more time yeah no this this idea of like being very neutral right to allowing things like this yeah, too shall yeah. pass is that something you've always understood yeah i think it's yeah like i said it's part nature part nurture so i think through you know growing up as a kid you know talking to my mom she always said i i would be more of the standoffish sit out sit on the outskirts and look at the entire situation you know, it's like different people, when they walk into a room, they do different things. When some people are very, you know, focused or very aggressive and they go in, some people want to be seen, some people st stand back and watch. And I was definitely more of the like stand back and watch and take it all in. And then when it's time to move, move with purpose, you know, and and be very direct. And I think it's kind of the same thing in, in, in sports. Like, I think I had the most fun in practice. Like, you know, I wasn't, um you know overly you know anxious or like too caught up in it that you can't enjoy it you know because you're there with a bunch of people you like and friends and you know folks like that and teammates um so this idea of like you know making sure you're able to get your work done do all that have fun but when it's game time it's time to go man be locked in right and and don't let anything distract you take you away from your plan your goal um your focus and i think that um you know, that level of focus and, and like being able to block out the noise has been something that's been nurtured throughout the years, right? Mm -hmm. um, part of it is like compartmentalization, right? Being able to like, man, when I walk in that door and it's practice, I'm in here for practice. When I walk, you know, take the next step that uh, we get into, you know, games, you're focused on that as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to make sure that those things are, they become part of my ethos and part of like who I am. Yeah. Um, you know, some my wife would argue sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. You know, yeah. we just put this over here and, and move forward. But I think it's it's in the long run, it's definitely benefited me. Mm -hmm. I like that. It's interesting. You know, I sort of heard this idea of like being able to, you know, they often talk about this idea of like, you know, be able to read the room, right? And it's as you were sharing, I thought, like, what's required of me right now? Like, it sounds like that's kind of a prompting question that you consciously, unconsciously do. So, so I'm curious, you know, you're a Toronto guy and then you transitioned to Stanford and then you, you know, transitioned after Stanford to 
the NFL, CFL. So I'm curious, how did that ability to sort of be neutral, to, to be able to look at any situation, how did that serve you as you transition to different parts of your personal journey to greatness? Man, that's a really great question. Um, I would say, you know, thinking about how, um, you know, how going from, you know, as I go up to each level, how that ability to focus and take away distractions has really served me well. I think, you know, as you get to each level, there's more and more demand put on you from a mental uh, capacity, right? So in high school, it's, it's you know, it feels like it's just more more natural, right? You know, it, the plays are simpler. Your playbook's not huge. It's not overly complicated. It's more just based on athleticism. And, and you know, a lot of teams just have, you know, bigger, faster, stronger athletes. And, you know, that that typically tends to to be the determining factor, right? But as you get, you know, each level you go up into, I think it definitely starts to separate itself as you think about um, the mental aspect of the game, right? How do you, how do you separate yourself when everybody else is big, fast, strong at the same time, right? It becomes about that mental aspect of the game. So how you take on challenges, how you approach each play. Like I said, as you shift from one level to another, the mental aspect takes over more and more. Going from high school to college, same thing, right? You get guys that are big, fast, strong. Um, so then it's a matter of like, who can be uh, the most consistent? Who can make the least amount of mistakes? Um, and I think that becomes more of a determining factor rather than just, okay, yes, everybody's big, they're fast, they're strong, they can throw the ball a mile, all these things. Um, but the ones who are the most consistent and can avoid distraction, avoid mistakes, you know, tend to be the ones that show up more on game day, make a lot more plays and and end up, you know, at the, the higher level. So I think as I went from high school to college, that was kind of the biggest thing that I saw in terms of change of focus is, man, it's not just um, executing the plays one thing, but being able to do it over and over again in practice, showing up in games, doing all the mental work to get you ready so that when you're out on the field, you can just be at your most natural and just play and, and enjoy enjoy the experience and be in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the same the same happened as you move from college to professional is just the, you know, the 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 degree of difficulty is a little bit higher and the um, the separation between athletes is a little bit smaller, right? Because same thing right now, it's like it's the best of the best from every school, from every, you know, mm-hmm. college or university in, in um, you know, in the country. So at that point, you make it to the NFL and CFL and things like that. It's it's just a higher degree of difficulty, but also the mental aspect of the game now with the complexities of the plays and um, you know, the style of defenses that you're looking at, the adjustments that you have to make, the burden that's put on you as an athlete now goes beyond just knowing your plays, right? To be a better player, you know, obviously a quarterback has another thing that's happening, but you know, as a running back, I have to make sure that I know, okay, my role responsibility, but I also know what the line is doing, you know, the identification of the mic where they're shifting so I can participate and help in the pass blocking and then going out on in route running and then doing um, special teams. So I think the the mental aspect of the game, you know, slowly separates people as you get higher and higher. So even the guys that are great athletes, you know, um, don't necessarily always have the the same amount of success as they 
move up levels because that mental aspect becomes more and more, um, I guess, central to success overall, I would say. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I appreciate you like sharing kind of, you know, giving us sort of insight into, you know, behind the scenes. And it reminded me this idea that your body is an instrument of your mind, right? So you, like you were mentioning, you must keep this in check in order to, for this to perform. So I'm curious, was there anything part of your mental process that allowed you to dial into the moment, right? Because what I often find is, you know, anyone can be energized, enthused, and, and positive and inspired when things are going well, when they perceive it is. But it's another thing where it requires a different discipline of mind. If, you know, you've had a few plays that haven't gone as planned, you're 0-5. Like, was there anything that you did to really lock lock into the here and the now um, during those maybe more challenging times? Yeah, I think, it, you know, there's there's different practices um i think visualization is is a huge one um and you know i mentioned you know i I'm, I'm a big proponent of like meditation and i think just those two things right being calm being still and having something as like an anchor to go back to um no matter what the situation is whether it's positive or negative good or bad like some things are going your way or they're not having the ability to come back to you know what's real versus what's imagined right like okay what's the situation i'm in right now is it you know is my life being threatened or am i just in you know i'm in a i'm in a game and i'm just i'm disappointed with the results so far and i want to do something to change that um so being able to kind of go back and pull yourself back into that moment to understand Mm -hmm. you know what's really happening and then you know the the visualization piece comes in because you've gone through it over and over right You, you you've practiced it, you've walked through it, you've watched it on film, you've visualized it yourself. And then once you got out there to do it, um, you know, when the real bullets are flying, uh, you have all of those hours of of practice that you put in beforehand to kind of pull from, but you got to be able to center yourself enough to pull from those things, right? So you can pull yourself out of the hole, um, adjust the things on the fly, if things aren't going to going um, the way that you want, you know, understanding the dynamics and the culture of your team and, you know, the, the people that can really help shift and move things, you know, there's every team has people in different roles, right? Whether you're, you're a team captain or a leader or you're a vocal leader, or you're just, you know, kind of a, a guy that goes out and performs on a day-to-day basis and is just really consistent. Um, we all play our roles and under, even understanding that those dynamics and culture help with, how you deal with adversity, right? And how you deal with success. And so, you know, I think the the meditative piece, the being centered and being intentional about, you know, pulling from the the practice and the times and and the video and 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 all the visualizations is what has helped me throughout my career to it's almost just really helping you to be at your best when the situation is the most difficult or there's the most on the line, right? Like we've had a ton of those situations throughout my career and, um, you know, everything didn't always go the way we, we wanted, but at the same time, you know, I do remember the feeling of, okay, yeah, being really locked in and being really focused and grounded to be able to at least execute at my best, whether, you know, there's footballs, there's a lot of different components and people and players and situations. So, you know, one, the, the thing that one person does on one play you know, may not make the entire difference, but um, overall, just knowing that, yeah, you know, I was able to execute at the highest level when um, the team needed needed it the most has been, um, I think that's what 
you know, those are the moments that stay with me. And those are things I kind of draw from to, to really, you know, position myself for success, I would say. Yeah, no, I, I love everything you shared there. And it reminded me of two things and, and two things really caught my attention. One, this ability to understand that your mind cannot distinguish between what's real and imagined. Yeah. And putting it to a sport context, you know, anyone that's played, you know, sport at a, at a higher level understands that coaches always talk about like, take your mental reps. Like if you're not physically mm -hmm. on the field, watch the person in front of you, take your mental reps. And you yeah. know, it's interesting when you start to realize that you can actually train and condition your mind to actually mm -hmm. execute those things by watching and, and your mind can't tell if you're physically yeah. doing it or not, that's important. Yeah. And, and two, I, I love what you're talking about. Like, you sort of mentioned this idea of like celebrating your wins in, in mm -hmm. those moments where you're facing challenge, adversity, obstacles, that sometimes just mentally rehearsing, Hey, I've experienced this before I've mm -hmm. overcome it before. It's even that simple reminder to yeah. really shift yeah. your thinking and your behaviors moving forward. Yeah, no, it's, I think that's, that's a huge part of it, right? The, um, the ability to focus your mind enough to like remind yourself of that, like, Hey, I got to take, I got to take a step and, and really, you know, understand that I've, like you said, I've been in this position before I know what to do and the mental reps and the things that have prepared you for it mm -hmm. are, are invaluable skills to have, um, you know, whether you're on the field or, you know, working in the, in, in the tech space or, or whatever it is, it's like being able to think on the fly, but also go back to the foundational things that helped you get to where you are. And I find myself doing that a lot more now. It's like, man, what are the things that, or even just the attributes that I know that have really um, been ingrained in me that give me a, it's, it's almost an additional value or, or just a point of differentiation from any other you know, uh, entrepreneur or, or executive out there, like having this skill set in your back pocket and be, being going through all those things. I think if you can harness it and focus it, um, it, it can help in anything that you transition into. If you can turn those things into, you know, real applicable skills to help add value to, you know, an entity, a business, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're working on and working with. Mm. I love that great reminder that, uh, you know, very often, you know, high quality athletes and coaches can transition well to other areas of life because there's certain qualities that are, and that are embedded within sport as you move up. So it's great, again, hearing that from, again, someone who is a leader, you know, in the business world, in the entrepreneurial world. Um, so I'm curious, you know, after, you know, having a successful career as a high quality athlete, you know, you chose to, to venture into the world of entrepreneurship and business. So I'm curious, what inspired that decision, um, you know, at, at that stage of, of, of your journey? Yeah, I, honestly, I've, I've always been um, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, you know, throughout, throughout my career, um, you know, after, you know, while I was in the CFL, you know, I mean, in the NFL, um, started to do some work uh, on the side, because, you know, I always have other interests and things. And so, you know, my, my, you know, my path was kind of a little bit different. I was actually a pre-med student at Stanford. I studied uh, medical anthropology. Uh, so it's essentially how uh, medicine has evolved through different societies throughout the ages. So going back to like Eastern 
you know, medicine and how we've integrated things like, you know, acupuncture with STEM and, you know, going back to the shamans in Australia and, and you know, things that they did with natural forms of medicine and things like that. And, you know, how, how some of our doctors still use a lot of those uh, kind of naturopathic, um, you know, uh, approaches now. So the these ideas and these things were always kind of there for me. And I was always looking for a way to apply it in a different manner, right? So I actually did, uh, I think one of the things that inspired me, I did an internship with a guy by the name of uh, Dr. William Fogarty. And he uh, was in the Silicon Valley. He invented the Fogarty, Fogarty catheter and it was for deep vein thrombosis. So essentially it goes into a vein where it's, you know, they're having circulation issues. It goes in and it spreads it and allows the blood to flow through, you know, uh, that vein. And the thing that kind of inspired me there is, you know, he was, you know, no longer practicing doc, uh, uh, no longer practicing doctor, but he had, um, he had dedicated himself to helping, still helping people, but going the invention route. So he'd done a bunch of things and part of the Johnson and Johnson and things like that. Um, and so that actually, you know, I was on this path, you know, to, to become a doctor and go to medical school. But really what I wanted to do was, you know, look for different ways to help people, right? And 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 things like that. And so that just gave me the almost the confidence to say, oh, okay, it doesn't have to be just this one path, right? It, there are other ways you can do that and other options. And so that kind of opened my mind up to the business world. And um, while I was playing, I, I did a bunch of different things to kind of see what else I had a passion for. So everything financial services, I did uh, events, you know, I was really interested in technology. Um, so, you know, in my off seasons, I, I would go and, and meet with, um, folks that were already, you know, out of their careers and looking into new ventures in the technology space and mobile was, was one of the interests I had like early on in my career. So, you know, that's what really inspired me. And then as I was transitioning every off season, I would go and do something in the last two off seasons, I was still playing. I, I partnered up with a, a friend of mine and ex teammate out here in Seattle and, you know, really got into the tech space and mobile space and, uh, helped them uh, with the acquisition of a company that was a software development company. Um, and so it just gave me the opportunity to jump in and learn on the fly. I, I kind of considered it like me going back to business school, but, you know, doing it in a, a much more intensive way on, on the run. Um, but those ideas and those experiences really kind of inspired me to say, you know, as you walk into these rooms, like, man, you do have value. You can bring a lot to the table. And uh, you just got to find the thing that you're passionate about. And for me, um, I kind of gravitate towards the marketing side of things. I love the psychology. I love the storytelling. And I love this idea of bringing people together. Mm -hmm. So end up doing like experiential marketing, right? So working with brands and working with athletes and putting them together um, to create something new, whether that's, you know, helping an athlete launch their nonprofit. And then we created a, a, a celebrity softball game you know, to to help them launch their nonprofit, created the website, did all the social media, produced the event, got, you know, the charities to to be partners. So like that, all those different experiences kind of pieced together, um, helped me kind of find my path once I was getting ready to finish. And so the first thing I did, I, I jumped into the software development company, but really it was around mobile and digital development. 
Um, and then, you know, the first kind of venture that I had is I started my own marketing consulting um, agency where I worked with athletes, I worked with brands on, you know, kind of bringing the two together to create one of a kind experiences. And I used my, you know, obviously the connections on the football side on one side, and then what I'd learned in the digital kind of um, digital development uh, community to put those two things together. And that's what kind of got me on the path, really. Mm, I love that. And, and it's interesting, like, as you were sharing, it truly is like your lived experience. You are the true essence of an, of a Renaissance man, right? Like you were starting to look for these opportunities to be a, a long life learner. And you were always yeah. looking for those growth opportunities to see, Hey, am I passionate about this? I'm willing to give it a go. And yeah. it's interesting how it sort of allowed you to sort of create your own thing because you sort of took these different parts of your life and your world and you sort of brought them together. So I think that that's a, a great reminder on, you know, you're, you always have the power to create a life that you yeah. truly feel blessed yeah. to live. Absolutely, man. And now I feel like nowadays, especially with the the tools and things that are available to access the, you know, the direct access that, you know, you know, me as an athlete or any athlete has to their, to their following to fans and, and even to brands, as gives you even more of an opportunity to first of all leverage that you know equity while you're still playing right to build your community build your following um and at that time you're not really necessarily looking to monetize them in certain ways maybe with sponsorships and things like that but as you do get to later points in your career you do start thinking about okay well, well yeah what is next and what what am i passionate about and um you know, they, I mean, with with the the numbers being what they are in terms of like participation in the NFL, you know, the average career is three and a half years. Um, you know, a lot of guys don't leave necessarily. The majority of guys, I would say, don't leave necessarily. You, you kind of hear about the two sides, right? The guys that are making all the money in the quarterbacks and getting the, the multi-year deals with huge, um, you know, guaranteed salaries. But the majority of the guys that play will have to go on and, and continue to work in their career, you know, like guys like myself, like I played nine years professionally, you know, um, for the NFL, five in the CFL. Um, but I knew, you know, that wasn't going to be in a way, I don't want to say the high point of my career, like high point of my life. Like if I'm only known for being a football player, then I don't think I've done enough of my life. You know, that that is uh, the be all end all for me, then uh, I would be disappointed because I just feel like you have so much more living to do once you're done. You know, most guys are done by before they're 30. You have a lot of life left, you know, ahead of you. So I hope that in my case, I would, you know, be able to impact this world in a much more positive way long-term with things outside of football, but leveraging everything that football has done for me and the platform has created for me, you know, at the same time. Um, but that's, that's really, you know, it's, um, I think it's something that you do have to be very intentional about, but I definitely think you have the ability to do that nowadays with all the things that are are at your fingertips. Now with the rules around NIL, the name, image, image and likeness, things that are happening here in the U.S., like it's starting even earlier, right? There's there's pros and cons to that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think everyone has the ability to kind of build on, um, you know, what they're doing with their career at that time, but still have an eye towards what's next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
a great reminder on on this idea and i had a great business coach that would often remind me that you know the quality of your questions will determine your quality of life and mm -hmm. it sounds like for you you're someone who's continually asking thought-provoking questions to sort of challenge old ways of thinking so that it sort of prompts you to you know get some clarity around what's next yeah i i, I i'm you know i am you mentioned a lifelong learner i'd say i'm a student of life man i'm, I'm yeah. always I'm always open to to learning new things and and you know having new experiences because you know you have this one life and you can't limit yourself to only learning from your own experiences. That's that, what's the purpose of you know reading books and watching you know watching movies and documentaries. Like you have to see, understand, and learn from other people's experiences mm -hmm. as well because that that's going to help give you some shortcuts and things along the way. But you definitely have to be you know, open to, to learning and evolving and, and even the transition from, you know, professional football into the business world and into, you know, the tech world and sports tech world for me specifically, was that, you know, was that right? It's, it's this evolution and it's this, um, uh, it's a, it's, it's a big transition, but at the same time, it's an evolution and a reinvention of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you take everything that you've been through up to that point and have it be a value add to the next adventure, the next, you know, opportunity and the next thing that you're, you're, you know, next thing that you're looking to pursue from a, you know, life perspective, business perspective, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And I, and I can appreciate kind of that journey that you mentioned, because again, you know, I know myself leaving the safe and comfortable world of teaching at the midpoint of my career, yeah. you know, and, you know, sort of challenging yourself to like, think of what's next. It, it's not always all sunshine and rainbows, right? It, yeah. it forces you and prompts you to go to some uncomfortable places. Yeah. But, you know, I will say that if, if you have the discipline of mind, as you know, to continue to walk and continue to challenge yourself that, yeah. you know, it leads to beautiful places and new adventures. Yeah, no, definitely can, man. Um, I, I heard a, an analogy just recently, uh, someone talking about like, you know, essentially how you how you prepare for the challenges that you're going to face in life, right? You think about uh, uh, a sword being made, right? You know, it starts off as this kind of bigger piece, but you, you what do you got to do? You got to put it in the fire, right? <laughs> you got to put it into the fire and then it, it doesn't end there. You come out, it's not ready yet. You got to pound it down. You got to mold it. You know, it, it's got to, you got to get it pounded down to a level that's nice and flat. And then you got to put it back in the fire again. So the, you're going to go through these things, right? You're going to learn from them. You're going to, you know, learn these lessons. You're going to try to apply them. You're going to succeed in some, you're going to fail in some, but man, you're going to go back through it over and over again. Uh, and your hope is that you come out on the other side, you know, uh, successful, happy, prosperous. Yeah. But the number one thing is that you learned, <laughs> you learn from those lessons, right? Otherwise, otherwise it makes the, um, you know, the challenges uh, even more painful if you go through them and learn nothing, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's a, it was, a, I thought it was, you know, a worthwhile analogy and I was like, oh, I, I like that. It's a really easy visual to kind of picture. Absolutely. I love, I love the, the visual you painted there. So, so I'm curious, um, you know, most recently, you know, you're on this journey as the chief operating officer at Adivis. Uh, I'm curious, I, I know, you know, in preparation for this, it's kind of interesting how you kind of found this passion, right? Like it was connected to your lived experience as a high quality athlete. So I'm curious, yeah, please, please share on, on why you felt this 
I venture with Atavis was, you know, where you needed to be at this stage of the journey. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was definitely, I mean, there's there's always like multiple factors that drive you towards a, a being a, in a specific pay, place at a specific time. And for me, you know, I, I had um, left football 2011. I'd, I'd started my own, my own thing, partnered up on a couple of ventures, had a ton of fun building a, a few businesses um, in the sports space, in the digital space, tech space, things like that. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I'm, you know, I, I think, my wife and I were um, about to have our second child and, you know, my schedule was crazy. You know, I was in the office, you know, five days a week uh, and then, but we're, we're also hosting events, you know, during football season and be, you know, at, at a Monday night event and then a Thursday night event and then uh, in a suite on Sunday hosting for one of my clients and bringing athletes in. And so it was just, it was a lot. Um, and I knew that for me, family was really important. Um, and I wanted to spend more time. And so I, you know, actually made a conscious decision to be like, okay, how do I step back and put myself in a situation where I can learn and grow, you know, under the tutelage of some folks who've been through it. And um, it just so happened that a friend of mine was doing PR for this company, Atavis, at, at the time. And I'd known him for a couple of years. So I knew they were a rugby company originally, and they got into the football space after doing some work with the Seahawks. And then the Seahawks put out this Hawk Tackle video that went viral. And so Advis was the company that they consulted with. And so when people started coming out and asking about the Hawk Tackle and things like that, Seahawks were pointing people over to, to that company, but they hadn't really launched in the digital space yet. And so, you know, it was, it was like kind of the convergence of it's kind of the perfect storm. It's they were looking to launch a first set of online products um, in, in the football space. And, um, you know, that just so happened to kind of connect with my background, obviously being the football side, being on the, uh, on the tech side, um, having the background and then having connections here locally. So the opportunity, I think just came to me at the right time, uh, went to an investor event, checked out what they were doing and, and really connected with it, obviously, you know, because of, of my past and, and stuff directly, just, you know, indirectly just playing football, but, you know, this idea of, yeah, uh, you know, I've heard about all the things that were being done with equipment and you know rules around the game, but I this was the first time I really heard of any company addressing it from a technique perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, so this idea of tackling, removing your head out of tackling, using more of your shoulder, more of the rugby style of mm -hmm. tackling, which you know people can say what they will, but that's how tackling was originally taught in football. I think it's just evolved over the years as equipment has gotten um safer in, in a sense you know guys get a you know feel a little bit more project protected and then start kind of projecting themselves you know in all sorts of dangerous ways and so you know that's a whole other conversation we can have um but you know, i think my my background and you know the connection that i had to this idea of tackling and safety you know the incident i had an incident in college with a uh, gentleman by the name of Curtis Williams playing for University of Washington, where, you know, we collided, you know, on a play, um, you know, I got up to go back to the huddle and Curtis never got up. You know, he, he came in, he hit with his head and unfortunately ended up being paralyzed on that play. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, uh, Curtis passed away about a year after that incident um, you know, from separate complications, but, you know, that's something that stays with you for, for life, um, stays with me. And so this idea that, you know, 
that's always been kind of in me and part of me. And so when I saw what Adamus is doing from a tackling perspective and, you know, really wanting to focus on on youth and, and high school and teaching things the right way to avoid, you know, something like that, I that it, it was an easy decision for me at that point, you know, when I saw what they were doing and the impact it could have. Um, so I, I definitely wanted to be a part of that. And it made it, you know, that's why I joined, you know, Adivis at that time. And, and you know, it's been there for six years now. And, and you know, the company has grown. We've expanded. We've affected, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, connected with a lot of coaches, but also the effect that we've had on on youth and high school players in terms of teaching them how to keep their head out of tackling. We've seen tremendous growth and, and development in that aspect of the game. And, you know, because football has done so much for me, the platform of football, it's something that I will, you know, continually support as long as it's being done the right way. Mm -hmm. And I think we are one part of the solution. You know, like we mentioned, there's the wearables and, and all the things that they're doing to measure. And then there's also the um, uh, the new rules and stuff that are being put in place, specifically by the, the NFL. And that trickles down into NCAA and, and high school. Um, but this idea that you can actually change behavior of, of athletes, you know, um, and have it not be mutually exclusive. So like performance and safety don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? If you change the behavior to actually have them, you know, use their shoulder more, keep their head out of tackling, focus more on um, on technique and, and um, going beyond just a made or missed tackle, showing how you can actually perform at a higher level and reduce the amount of head contact, man, that's, that's like the perfect storm. Right. So that, that's what really drew me to Adamus and has kept me here, um, you know, for, for these six years that I've, that I've been a part of this organization um, and just the impact that we can have on the game and, and continuing to make sure that the legacy of the game is, is there for that next generation, whether it's, you know, people starting with flag and moving up from there, whatever it is, I think it's just, it's too big of a platform Um to to let it be negatively affected affected in the way it's been you know in terms of participation numbers and things like that mm -hmm. uh, we know that's been declining quite a bit um, in the game so you know i just wanted to be a part of that solution mm -hmm. i appreciate you you know sharing you know your lived experience through that and and i can only imagine you know what you personally went through even just you know being, you know, having you be personally affected by a contact within the game. Um, what What's interesting to me is how it sort of blends all, again, of these areas of your life, right? Your, your lived experience in football, right? In tech. I also love how you said it's that behavior, it's changing behavior, right? Like, like yeah. that psychology piece that you, that you like, which is part marketing. Yeah. And oh, so it's really interesting how right? it's kind of yeah. blended all your worlds. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I'm always going to be a head and a heart person, right? Like it has to make sense for both for me. Like, you know, obviously football was was, was that for me, right? I was passionate about it. Um, it gave me a great platform, uh, obviously allowed me to get a world-class education, um, you know, and build uh, a life, you know, um, and a family, right? Like obviously the, the platform of football has allowed me to do a lot of things. Um, and I think that that, you know, I'm, I'm 
eternally grateful for that, you know, and then what it's been able to do in, in my life. So I think I thank, you know, the sport of football, but I also know that, you know, there's there's a lot of negativity around it and a lot of things around that that aspect of the game, especially with tackling and the head contact issue. Obviously, you know, we just went through this whole issue with uh, Demar Hamlin and, and and what just happened there, and um, you know, brings back a lot of those. Uh, brings back a lot of those same issues uh, around the game and memories, you know, obviously for me uh, as well. Um, so it's been, yeah, I think the the journey itself has been, uh, you know, a windy one. Um, but I think your all your lived experiences kind of put you in a place to, you know, find what what's real and what makes sense for you moving forward. So I'm sure like with you, right, all the things that you've gone through have prepared you for the, the work that you're doing now, right? And, you know, work isn't everything, but it's a huge part of our lives. So you want it to at least blend and feel, you know, authentic with what you want to wake up and do on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm curious, you know, uh, you were mentioning how this came from Seattle, right? Like, and why I find that interesting, it's like this best practices. And you mentioned earlier, like we can borrow a lot of wisdom from people who have been there, done that, that have walked the journey before us, right? We can save ourselves a lot of time, energy, money. Again, that's the power of having great coaches and mentors in our life. So I'm curious, what has the response been in the football world, considering this is coming from like the highest level, these are coming from the highest performing athletes and coaches, organizations in the world, and it's now sort of disseminating, filtering down. What what has been the response from the football community, you know, yeah. At, any, yeah, at all levels? Yeah, I think I think the football community has been very open and responsive to, you know, to adjusting the approach. I mean, obviously the these are guys who've been doing it for a long time, coaches who, you know, have gone through their own lived experience and have a ton of background in this space. Um, but like we talked about before, right, you got to be open and willing to evolve, right, with, with the game, right? The game continues to evolve on a you know year-to-year -year basis with things that are changing. You know, the game today looks different than it looked 10 years ago, and I'm sure it'll look different than it, you know, now, um, than it will 10 years in the future. But I think just coaches being open to open to the change, but also just open to learning new things and new approaches, right? It's not taking away from what they're doing. It's not, you know, you're not coming in telling a coach, hey, I mean, you've been teaching tackling wrong. Here's how you really do it. I'm like, no, here's, here's what we've learned. Here's what all the data is showing us. Like, man, you know, what is your head used for in, in tackling, right? I come from that bite the ball, put your head into his chest era, Um and, you know, when you look, when you look at it, when, and when we started to really look around and study it, and we studied everything from like Olympic powerlifters to wrestlers, to boxers, you know, we looked at, well, how do you generate power, right? And how do you, how do you control an opponent? And at no point in there did it say, you know, okay, throw your head in there first, right? And then, and this, you know, another, I love my analogies, right? One of the best analogies that we have is, you know, you and I in this, in this room and, um, the room catches on fire we got to get out right one door we got to break it down every single one of us is going to try to do that not not one of us will run into that door with our head first yeah. right so you're you're 
your body already knows, right? It teaches you to, the best way to do it. And nine times out of 10, you're going to put your same foot and your same shoulder down because that's how you generate power. That's how a boxer generates power. You know, you're going to keep your neck in a neutral position. We learned that from power lifters, because if you're looking up or down, you know, that and that reduces your ability to generate power by a certain amount, right? Same thing, right? When a boxer puts that foot down and, and he gets that jab in or gets that power punch in, it's all, it's not just from the punch itself. It's from the footwork and like, okay, how's he turning on that foot to generate power? So all of those different things are like natural things that your body already does. Um, and all we tried to do is like take the explanation of it and adapt it to uh, a football audience, but back it up with real proof, you know, like here's, we've broken it down into pre-contact and a contact phase, right? Every coach knows and understands that, but we've just created consistent language across the board so that, you know, every coach, whether you're a special teams coach, position coach, head coach, coordinator, you know, the, the athletes are hearing the same thing from all the coaches. And then the way that you measure it, you know, is very transparent and, and guys see it. So now they know that, hey, we're not just looking at whether you've made or missed that tackle. We are, yes. But you said, if you have two guys that made nine out of 10 tackles, how do you determine who's performing at a higher pace? Mm -hmm. Well, what else can we look at? Let's look at yards after contact. Let's look at, you know, the footwork. And then let's look at the safety elements, right? Because if you can do something over and over and over and it's a repeatable task and you don't have a risk of a high risk of injury on it then you're we want you to keep doing that right you, you look at two guys right? let's say uh Luke Keekley and 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 Bobby Wagner right two guys that were playing same time top linebackers in the league arguable both you know hall of famers um but Luke you know we we did this study through Adamus on Luke and Luke about 30% of the time that he made a tackle, his head was involved, whether he was going high or his head was going across the body, right? Bobby, um, that, that number was in the low single digits, right? He he is a shoulder tackler, chest tackler. He likes to get body on body. Um, and, you know, what is that? You look at the the kind of trajectory that their careers have taken. I'm not, we're not, I'm not saying this is the only reason, but you know, Luke's had multiple concussions over his career, ended his career early because of concussions and head contact. Arguably one of the best linebackers in the game at his time. But then you look at what Bobby's done, and you know, Bobby's still playing now, still playing at a very high level. And and that's just one anecdote to kind of show you, but that's how we look at, you know, you know, how these little things that you know you may take for granted have a much bigger effect on the game and on the individuals involved. And your, your the longevity of your career and the risk and you know all of those things but still help you to perform at a high level i love that because it sort of blends this idea that you know numbers are facts numbers are objective mm -hmm. so i love how you're sort of bringing in these worlds so that people actually have data that then they can make more informed decisions right i think yeah, that's where the blessing is uh so i'm curious i want to be respectful of your time brother mm -hmm. um if anyone out there is like, this has piqued their interest and, and they want to learn more about Adivis, uh, you know, they want to connect, connect with you, what would the best way for them to do that be? Yeah, I mean, check, check us out on, on social media. We're really active on there, just at Adivis Football on Instagram, on Twitter, um, uh, on TikTok, even, we, you know, we're, we, we had our, we started doing some TikToks lately, so um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and then you know, I'm 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 everywhere as well on on Instagram, um, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, but in our website is adivisfootball.com. Yeah. Um, um, 
you know, just check out what we're doing. I think it's it's really a positive thing for the game. We're working with teams from youth all the way up to up all the way up to the pro level. Um, we're working with school districts. We're working with the entire state of Texas and Georgia. And you know, we just started doing some work with uh, Arizona, Florida, like all these different state organizations that are looking to make sure that you know it's being done the right way. And and you know, safety is a, a big part of their decision making process. So you know, you can find us all over the place. But if you have any questions or anything, please feel free to reach out to us. Hit us up on social. Um, football support at adivis.com if, if you know you want to send an email um, but yeah but you know we we try to be there and we're responsive and answer questions but we're really looking to connect with coaches at all levels um, you know across not just you know U.S. but obviously we work up in in BC and Canada mm -hmm. we have Australia Germany like we're we're kind of uh, you know this global global entity trying to do as much as we can for the platform of football so Absolutely. And and I'll be more than happy to share off, uh, share all those handles on social in the description, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, or um, on the podcast. Uh, Carrie, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you. Uh, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the great man you are, you know, the great husband, the great dad, you know, the great, um, but more importantly, the great human being you are. You know, the one thing that's really has resonated with me from our conversation today is how you embody what a true long life learner is. Like you're, you're constantly seeking to learn, to grow, to evolve. And, you know, as we talked about, like that's where all the blessings and the adventures in life really come from. So I just want to thank you for, for giving me that reminder today and sharing your lived experience with our community today. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me and for the kind words, you know, I'm, you know, every day I think you, you wake up and you try to do your part and you thank, thank God for another day and hope that, you know, you can do something in this day and to make the most of it and, and really help move things forward, both for yourself, but for mankind and humanity, right? There's so much negativity in the world and so many things to be down on. But, you know, if you step back and you look at it on a day-to-day -day basis, we have so much to be thankful for. You know, things are not all, all doom and gloom, man. Like the sun is shining. Um, you know, I, I have a roof over my head. I have a, a wife and children who love me. I have a great family. I, I, you know, love the work that I do. You know, I, I, I don't have a lot to complain about, you know. So, you know, I think just just that constant reminder, man, to yourself on a daily basis of your your worth and your place in this world is is always a positive thing. And so, you know, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to, you know, your audience and for creating the platform, you know, so that folks can hear, you know, stories of success. And, you know, I think, you know, part of part of me and part of my mission is, you know, I want to inspire and instill hope. You know, that's that's kind of my mantra that I use, but also redefining su success. Like it's another thing I think about. How do you redefine what success means? You know, even from an athlete perspective, right? We think about these big contracts and, you know, but most of us are going to go on and have, you know, long working careers and life afterwards. And so I think you have to redefine what success is because I, I feel like one of the most successful people in the world because of all the things that I mentioned, right? And it's not, you know, you know, it's not uh, a, a, a record deal. It's not making to make it into the NFL. Those are all great things and, and great stops along the way, but I don't think that's what makes me successful, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate it. And I thank you for, for the time and the platform. 
Absolutely, brother. So, um, so folks, Harry drops so many valuable nuggets of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly, in the game of life. But as I'd like to remind you every time in the huddle, knowledge is potential power. It's the consistent and focused application of great knowledge that actually creates great results. So my challenge to you today is to take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom and go apply it to your life today. And as I like to remind you every week in the huddle, you are deserving of greatness. You are worthy of greatness. You are greatness. And my only ask from these conversations is if it resonated with you, if it touched your heart, then please share it with a friend, a loved one, a teammate, or someone that you feel just needs to hear these inspiring and positive and empowering messages. And the more people we have listening to, understanding and applying these simple ideas to their life, the more blessed this world will be. As always, I look forward to chatting with you next time in the huddle. Have a blessed rest of your day.